Our scripture reading today is Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And our sermon today is entitled, The Book of Acts, Preparing to Go. This is the Lord's Word. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. So today we endeavor on a new series. We, in the coming months, will be going through uh, the book of Acts. And we'll be learning the history of the early church. And I hope that this is encouragement to all of you. Because in seeing how the early church was formed, and seeing all of the, the victories that the Lord gave them, but also the challenges, the sufferings, the difficulties, and seeing how the apostles themselves has, had helped the church to grow and to understand what the Father was doing, that we ourselves can see here at CCPC that we have a connection to the early church. And in many ways, even our own challenges that we have are actually expected of the church today. Our goal as a church is not to be this perfect place where people can come and see. The church should be a place where Christ is magnified. A church should be a place where Christ and the preaching of repentance is heard day and day out. The church is a place where God's people wrestle and struggle to make his name known. As we go through the book of Acts and we see the story unfold, I pray that you will get caught up in this narrative, caught up in this story, and that you will see that you are the continuation of the church today. Here in Acts chapter 1, 1 through 5, we see that the author, Luke himself, states to the readers in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. He says to the reader, Theophilus, his friend, remember my previous book, the book, the gospel of Luke. In that gospel, I revealed to you all that Jesus had begun to teach about the kingdom of God. And in this book, I'm going to teach you everything that came after Jesus himself rose again from the dead and was taken up into heaven. 
Listen careful, O Theophilus, and listen careful, O church, to see the work of, the, of Jesus himself continuing through the Holy Spirit. And so here we are at the nexus of history, at the nexus of the greatest moment of history. Jesus had just died and was crucified, crucified and died. We know for three days the apostles and disciples and the women of the church were wondering what happens next. And we know that three days later Jesus again, Jesus rose again from the dead. He appeared to Mary and Magdalene, Mary Magdalene who, who ran to the disciples. The disciples came and saw that the tomb was empty. And then Jesus began to appear to the disciples and to show that he had risen from the dead. Luke's account is one of the most detailed accounts of the resurrection because we see that when Jesus appears to them, he says, don't be afraid. And they were wondering, had they seen the ghost? They were wondering whether did Jesus really rise from the dead in bodily form or was this just an apparition that had appeared to them? And Jesus asked for a piece of fish and he begins to eat the piece of fish. And they realize that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead in bodily form before them. Not a ghost, not an apparition, not an angel disguised as a savior, but the same Jesus who lived with the apostles for three years had risen from the dead. Now here's where the book of Acts comes in. And this is very important. Because we know in today's age, when we see history happening, everyone has a different interpretation of what that history means. And we often say that history is one is written by the victors of war. We see the struggle going on in, in Ukraine right now. And we see the, the, the two sides jostling to have their narrative and their story out there to the public. Of this is what the war is about. This is what happened and is happening in this struggle. And we know that how powerful these narratives can be. But we could all agree that something is happening in Ukraine. There is a war happening. There are two armies fighting. There are people suffering. An event is taking place. We're not saying the event is not taking place. But we're saying that the purpose of the event and its interpretation is different. You can imagine the apostles seeing Jesus rise again from the dead, appearing before him. That their question has to be, what is the purpose of this event? Jesus, you're alive right now. You're appearing to us. 
What is the purpose of you rising from the dead? What is the purpose of you coming and appearing and, and being here with us? And even though Jesus might have Jesus taught them for the last three years that he would have to suffer, die, and rise again. Human nature has it that we forget. And you can imagine some apostles perhaps saying to Jesus, Jesus, let's, let's build your kingdom here right now. You've risen from the dead. Jerusalem is just hop, skip, jump away. Let's just go over there. Show yourself to everyone. Show your wounds. Show that you're the same Jesus that they buried. Preach the kingdom of God like you were preaching the kingdom of God. Preach the repentance of sins as you were preaching the repentance of sins. Let's build your kingdom here now. And sort of like the apostles were jostling for a position. You could see some of the apostles saying, we will be at your right hand and your left hand. We will build your soldiers for you to build your kingdom. Perhaps that's what some were saying. Perhaps some were saying, Jesus, you rose again from the dead. Does this mean that we're going to continue our work here and just continue to spread the gospel? Are we going to the ends of the earth now? What's our marching orders? But God is kind and gentle. And God does not leave us in our ignorance. And God does not leave us with our own thoughts. Jesus himself spent 40 days with these disciples, teaching them everything about what had just occurred and teaching them exactly the meaning and the purpose of his resurrection. You see, for God... Acts and, de acts and words always go together. God does not do something without explaining to the readers the purpose of that act. When you read scripture about an event, perhaps it's the Jewish people coming out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. Keep reading. There's an explanation of why God delivered them. Perhaps you're reading about the fall of David and his kingdom because of his disobedience to the Lord. Don't try to figure out why, why that happened. Keep reading. God will explain to you why that occurred. And same here. What is the purpose of the resurrection of Christ? Jesus stays with the disciples for 40 days, 
to teach them. That they may know and be prepared to build his church. Praise be to our God. He did not leave us in our ignorance. He did not leave us to, to try to figure things out about how to build the church. He told us. All we need to do is follow. And that's the great joy and the great peace and the great confidence we have in seeing what God's done in Acts, but even here at CCPC. We follow God's design and allow God to build his church. So here he is. 40 days, he stays with them. And in verse 3, listen to what he teaches them. He presented himself alive to them after, he, after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what? Speaking about the kingdom of God. What Jesus is doing in Acts is simply continuing what he taught in the, in, in the gospel of Luke, that the kingdom of God is at hand. All of you must repent for the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God, we could sort of better translate, is as the rule of God or the reign of God. That Jesus' reign in this world will be consummated very soon. And we will see that reign coming through the church of Christ. But the center of that reign will be the preaching of repentance and the preaching of faith in Christ. You see, the explanation of this kingdom of God, of how it came into being, is that Jesus' death and resurrection and his, and his, and his resurrection has allowed all people to repent in such a way that they will receive complete forgiveness from the Lord. That their relationship with the Lord will be made whole once again. That they'll be able to walk with the Lord once again. And showing them that he's alive, showing them that his body is, is full, shows them that this redemption it's not simply a spiritual redemption, but this redemption is a whole redemption of all of creation. Not only your spirit, but your body. Not only your body, but all of creation. The kingdom of God will reign through all things, visible and invisible, corporal and incorporeal. You will see the kingdom of God everywhere. Remember what Paul says, and, and we touched on this last week in, in, in first. In, in 2 Corinthians, you know, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation, a new kingdom has come, a new reign has come. And this new reign comes through the people of God. You who have repented of your sins and know Jesus, 
your eyes see the world in a very different way. Your eyes do not see things in partisan politics ways. Your eyes do not see things according simply to your ethnic identity. But your eyes see things in a way according to Christ's kingdom. You do not belong primarily to any country, any ethnicity. You do not primarily belong to any political party, but you belong to the kingdom of God. In that way, you should be admired by everyone because you stand with Christ, but also looked at, looked at with suspicion by everyone because you don't buy wholesale anything anyone is saying to you. Christ is bringing in his kingdom and his kingdom alone is where we stand. This is important in our day and age, brothers and sisters. The church has been hijacked by many, many different interest groups. The church has forgotten the kingdom of God and instead is using Jesus to build the kingdom of man. You will hear people saying, we will not teach about repentance and faith. We will not teach about sin. We will not say that the core issue, the core problem of all of humanity is our distance from God and our rebellion against him. That that core is what what, what, what has sort of spread out and spidered out into all of the ails of society. But we say that. And the church says that. And Christ says that. So think about this. For 40 days, Jesus is just teaching his disciples the same message that he probably taught them when he was living with them for three years. And for those 40 days, he went through the Old Testament and taught them that everything there was pointing to him. And everyone's starting to realize that what Jesus taught before he died is actually still relevant, and not only relevant, but true after he rose again from the dead. If you read Luke Acts, and I urge you to as a narrative, you will see Jesus' love and his patience for these disciples. They keep forgetting. They keep going against Jesus. Jesus calls Peter Satan in one, in one, one turn. But Jesus continues to teach them. 
even after he resurrected, continues to teach them. For us here as a church, our desire when we see the risen Lord must be the same. We must desire to know more about Jesus. We must desire to know more about Jesus' kingdom. We must desire to know more about the ethics of this kingdom. We must desire to know how we must live in the midst of this kingdom. And we must desire to know being a part of the body of Christ. How do we live in this world that is not about the kingdom of God? It'll take more than 40 days, perhaps. But one thing is for sure. If these men, along with the women, who lived with Jesus for three years, needed to sit with him for 40 more days to learn, we need to do the same. Before you can go and be really, really effective for God's kingdom, you need to be someone who is equipped Read the Lord's word. Ask questions when a message is given. When questions of society come up, go to God's word. What does God say about this issue or that issue? Ransack your heart for indwelling sin and confess them before the Lord. But all of us need time to sit with God, to read and to pray and to meditate. That we be that we may be sent out as a church and as a people who can preach with integrity the kingdom of God, repent and believe, for this kingdom is at hand. You'll see, for instance, our, our brother Joseph, he's an intern right now. One day we hope that he'll be a pastor. But you will see that at this point, I don't let him preach regularly. There's a reason for that. He needs to be tested. His life needs to continue to grow. He needs to study and learn the things of God that he could rightfully handle God's word to preach to you faithfully about Christ. But it's not only for him, but it's eventually for our elders that will be raised here as well, that they too have to be prepared. But it's not only officers, it's all of us together, the priesthood of God. All of you are voices for the Lord that we eagerly desire to learn the things of the Lord to grow. But that's not enough. It's not enough that we simply read the Bible. It's not enough 
that we simply mimic the words of repentance. It's not enough that we show up to church every day. It's not enough just to say, I raise my hand, I'll do it. It's not enough. And Jesus knows this because we are forgetful people. But Jesus has a solution. The Trinity has a solution. Verse 5. And John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It is this promised Holy Spirit that will seal in your heart the knowledge of the kingdom of God. It is this Holy Spirit that will allow you and compel you to follow the Lord. It is this Holy Spirit that will bring you back in your sins and bring you back from your forgetfulness. It's this Holy Spirit that by God's mercy allows the early church and allows CCPC to continue to flourish. It is not simply by our knowledge. It is not simply by studying hard. If that were so, every church in the world would be an Asian church. Or every church in the world would simply be an academic church. But Jesus is preparing them in two ways. One, study and read and meditate on everything I've taught you. Study, read, and meditate on the scriptures you have before you. And number two, wait. For I will send my Holy Spirit upon you. And the Spirit will imprint in your heart that you belong to me and that you belong to my kingdom. And so do what, we, what do we do as God's people? We cry to him for mercy for the Lord. Lord, May your spirit awaken my heart. May your spirit continue to guide me. May your spirit continue to bring me back to you and your kingdom. May your spirit help me to read your word in a way that is consonant with your will. May your spirit continue to protect our church, our hearts. And this is the beauty of this new phase in God's kingdom. If Jesus was decided to stay after he rose again from the dead, Jesus is one man. He can't go around, every, go around and talk to everyone all the time saying, hey, this is what you've got to fix. Or, hey, this is, your, this is a wrong interpretation. Or, hey, uh, you know, come to me for counseling. The line would just be huge. to spread God's kingdom, what does he do? And we'll learn more about this in the upcoming weeks. He sends his spirit. And that spirit in you, in line with scripture and all that you have, 
will lead us to the truth. Lastly, all of this is not just so that you yourself can feel good about your relationship with the Lord. That is important. You need to know Jesus and you need to want to know Jesus. But the purpose of this, as in the purpose of Acts, is that we would go forth and spread God's word to all. You are being prepared to be sent. I think the, the, there, there are different types of hobbies that I understand, and there's some hobbies I don't understand. I don't understand people who collect cars, and especially cars that are in good condition, people who collect Ferraris or Bentleys or, or things like that. Because they put in so much time to design and build that car. They take so much time to let that car sort of run at, at certain speeds with, with a certain sound and a certain smoothness about it. But to take the car and they leave it in their garage just to look at. The purpose of building a car is for the car to run and the car to go. The purpose of the car is for it to age, for it to get nicks and dents. The purpose of the car is to go from point A to point B. That's why a car was meant to. It was meant to go. Go fast. Where are you allowed to go fast? The church is not to be under a looking glass. just meditating on God's word and hiding away. But all that you're learning, brothers and sisters, through the Holy Spirit, is preparing for you to go. Go and tell all that Jesus' kingdom is here. Go with assurance. Go with conviction. May the Spirit compel you to share, even if you, you think it's inappropriate or it's too hard. Go and let all know that Jesus has risen from the dead. Let's pray. Lord, you have prepared the early church. You prepared the apostles to go and to build. You sat and you taught with them. You taught them much. But you knew, Lord, that that teaching was not enough, that they needed your spirit. And that this spirit, Lord, is not only a, a spirit that brings conviction of their relationship with you but the spirit is a sending spirit that sends the church to the ends of the earth 
to bring the good news. So Lord, help us, help CCPC, not only to absorb all this wonderful teaching, but to go forth and preach and show forth the gospel. We pray, Lord, through this ministry, Lord, that we would not simply get um, people coming to our church who already know you. But, Lord, we'd be praying, all of us, Lord, that we can share the gospel to those who don't know you. That we may truly see people come to faith for the very first time. That we can truly see, Lord, that when we share the word, that the word is effectual and brings about salvation to those who are lost. We pray like the early church, Lord God, that we would have no fear of doing so, but do so in a way that is winsome and loving. And we pray, Lord, that you would add to our number in that way, Lord God. That when people come to CCPC, especially those who do not know you, Lord, that they would see a Jesus who saves. We thank you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.